meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 27. Is your child naughty or nice? Hey everyone, so what's going on? Happy holidays. Whatever you're celebrating, it is a very, very festive time. And I want you to think about your thinking during the holidays because everyone likes to tell us how busy the holidays are. And it's just so crazy, busy, crazy, busy. I want you to question that. And what if it's not crazy busy? What if we change our thinking about the holidays? Because if you think about the holidays, put that in the C line. The holidays are neutral. What are you thinking about the holidays? If it's bringing on a lot of stress and anxiety and rush, rush, rush and go, go, go and do, do, do and crazy, busy, crazy, busy, crazy, busy is not a badge of honor. That puts your brain into a state of stress on purpose based on our thinking about the holidays. Because when you think about it, the holidays are only two days out of a two month period. We have Thanksgiving and then we have Christmas. Two days. And now all of a sudden, these 60 days have been flurried into this giant box of just stress. Crazy, busy, crazy, busy, crazy, busy. Everything's so crazy, busy. You hear it everywhere you go. What if you were just to question that? Maybe it's not crazy, busy. Maybe I don't have to think the thoughts it's crazy, busy. What if I just thought it's only two days out of the year? It's only two days out of two months. I have so many people that put their lives on hold for after the holidays, after the holidays, after the holidays. We think that somehow after the holidays, a giant unicorn is going to show up and then we're not going to have the same thoughts. So they'll put off losing weight. They'll put off doing the parenting boot camp. They'll put off any type of change. It's like they have to freeze their life. They can't take on anything more because their plate is so full with the crazy busy holidays. What if it's not crazy busy? What if it's our thinking about it that makes it crazy busy? What if we have the thoughts of it's two days? I got this control the raffia. I don't have to say yes to all the things. What if we just question it? And when we can question it there, we learn the meta skill of how to question in other areas. This notion of teaching our children to look outside of themselves for their value and their worthiness and their good enoughness is a very dangerous game we're playing. We do it on so many levels. I've done it. And every day I am very conscious of not doing it. And so you might not want to have your little children around for this one, for this episode, because we talk about S-A-N-T-A, we talk about Mench on the Bench, Elf on the Shelf, all those things, Tooth Fairy, all those things are going to be talked about. So I'm not a big cursor. I don't like to curse on the podcast. Probably never hear me curse in person or in, on the podcast. I think I just trained my brain not to curse when I was a first grade teacher. It's not really in my like repertoire of things to pull out. And so it's kind of like, I'm not going to be cursing on the podcast, but I'm going to be talking about things that maybe little ears shouldn't be hearing. 
So I don't have any judgment about cursing. It's just not in my repertoire because I don't have those words to pull from. It's not in my vocabulary base. I was cursing a lot one time a couple years ago, many years ago on a ski trip. And I was getting off the chairlift. And as I was getting off the chairlift, the lady in front of me dropped her ski pole. So I bent over to pick up the ski pole because it was behind her. She already skied off and she couldn't like turn around because she was in her skis. And so I was skating right past or skiing right past it. So I picked up the pole and I handed it to her, but I hadn't cleared the chair lift yet. Whatever those things called the boogie doogie that you fly up on to the top of the mountain. Chair rail, ski lift. What are they called? Ski lift. And so this chair from the ski lift bonked me on the back of the head. I thought it felt like someone was behind me and hit me with a baseball bat in a dark alley. That's how hard it hit me because I hadn't cleared it out yet. And so the ski lift operator, for some reason, didn't stop that. So I'm screaming, literally bloody murder because there's blood everywhere. It cracked my skull. It was quite the scene. David skis over. He can't get to me because of the chairlift. So he's on his hands and knees and skis and kind of not, yeah, I guess dragging me out away from the ski lift so the paramedics could get to me. So the paramedics get there and they wrap my head. They're asking me who the president is. What's my name? What's the date? I'm like, you don't understand. I'm a space cadet without a chairlift hitting me. So I might not get these answers right, but it's not because I get hit in the back of the head. It's because I'm like kind of like Mrs. Magoo going through life. And so they ski me down on the stretcher. I get stitches, the whole thing. And for some reason, my brain that weekend was like, cursing leads to headaches. Cursing leads to getting hit by a chairlift. And literally for like a year or two after that, I didn't even say the H-E double hockey sticks words. It was so bizarre. It's kind of like if you ever had experience with a bad liquor, like Goldschlager for me, ugh. You can't, and then you have like a bad experience and then the next morning, you can't even smell that for the rest of your life. And if you do, it brings you back to, 1991, where it was such a bad experience. That's the unconscious brain right there having a negative memory. And so when I'm talking about these topics, that was a long-winded way of saying you just might want to have your kids around. So with that being said, there's lots of talk about the elf on the shelf and Santa watching our children to see if they're naughty or nice. When I say that out loud, can you see how conditional that makes love mean for the children so someone someone some mystical figure outside of you is watching you and looking at you and based on how you behave and how you act you will get that number of presence based on how good you are how valued you are how worthy you are and it's very confusing for children because if i think we all know that every children has a naughty side and a nice side, just like every adult has a naughty side and a nice side. And naughty is the wrong word, but we all make good choices. We all make bad choices. My kids make bad choices all the time. I make bad choices all the time. So I don't want to sit on my high horse and say that some dude at the North Pole or some elf that's in the house is watching you to see if you're good or bad, if you make good choices or bad choices. And if you make bad choices, then you will get no presents. You'll get a lump of coal in your stocking. Like, what? And then the kids who make bad choices, which is normal part of growing up, I'm 45, I still make bad choices. I still hit my hand on the forehead going, why did I do that? Sometimes I know it in the moment, and I still do it anyway, and sometimes I figure it out afterwards. And then they get the same amount of presents that they were expecting, and they're like, I'm so confused. 
And when Lily was in Cuba on the mission trip, she's like, this Santa thing is for the birds because these kids are awesome and they have nothing. So do we want to teach that, that some jolly old man sitting in a mythical place is judging us and telling us if we're good or bad? I love the saying by Glennon that says, don't let yourself become so concerned with being a good parent that you forget you already are one. The same thing goes with children. She says the same thing about children. Don't be so concerned about raising a good child when you realize you already have one because you're training your brain to look for whatever you want it to look for. So if you're looking for the good in your kid, you're going to find it. If you're looking for the bad in your kid, you're going to find it. There is no good or bad child. There is no good or bad parent. There just is. Their value and their worthiness and their wholeness was given to them the day they were born, just like you. So nothing outside of them can define or touch or take that away. And so we're training children as children to look outside of themselves for their worthiness and their value and their good enoughness. So they look to Santa. They look to the elves. They look to the mensch on the bench. They look to their parents. They look to their coaches. They look to their grades. They look to their trophies. They look to their social peer circle. They're always looking outside of themselves. And then we wonder why we all grow up and at 25, 35, 45 are wondering, huh, am I valuable? Am I worthy? Am I good enough? Let me look outside of myself to find that. So we give that responsibility to our spouse and we ask them indirectly every single day. We ask that of our children. We ask that outside of us every single day. And our spouse and our children, they're worried about their side of the street. That's not their job to make us feel worthy and valuable and whole. That was already given to us. Our good enoughness was given us given to us when we were born. No one can take that away. You might have been told as a child that something outside of you determines that. But I'm just here to tell you, question all of that. Is that really true? It's not true. You have to go beyond. You have to go beyond your parents. You have to go beyond your teachers. You have to go beyond your grades, whether you got the scholarship or didn't get the scholarship, where you got into school, where you didn't get into school. None of that defines you. None of it. Your job could go away tomorrow. It has nothing to do with you. It's not part of your identity. It's not part of who you are. Your spouse could leave tomorrow. It's not part of your identity. It's not part of who you are. It's not part of your value or your worthiness. If you got a divorce, your value and your worthiness does not go away. If you yell at your kids, your value and your worthiness and your good enoughness does not go away. It doesn't define you. It's not your identity. It's not who you are. Because when your kids leave for college, you can't send off your identity with them. So when we're raising children, we want them to know over and over and over, love doesn't hurt. Love doesn't yell. Love doesn't hit. Love never hurts. And you're not rationed out the amount of love and acceptance and worthiness and value by some dude at the North Pole or some creepy elf that's staring at you all day. And I'm not saying not to talk about the joys of believing and receiving and the elf on the shelf is super fun. We do it every single day in our house. It's so fun. But when we start to say naughty or nice, good or bad list, and do all that things, it's like psychological warfare, warfare for the kids. That's confusing to them. 
And who's the judge of good and bad? Who's the judge of naughty or nice? Because if you're in my house and you see my kids doing stuff, some things you'll be like, whoa, that's not okay. And I'll be like, meh. Other things I won't let them get away with. You'll be like, what's the big deal, Kelly? It's all subjective. There is no good or bad child. There is no good or bad parent. We have to remember that our kids take this very seriously. They are every single day waking up and saying, do I matter? Do you see me? Am I heard? Am I valuable? Am I worthy? Am I good enough? That's how self-esteem and self-confidence is built. So now we want to have this subjective measure of good and bad so they can answer the question with how many presents they get or don't get. So I told my kids very early on, there is no good or bad list. Every child is good. Every parent is good. Every human is good. We all make bad choices. It doesn't take away your worthiness and your value to all of a sudden wake up one day and look up on the roster and say, am I in the good list or the bad list? Am I naughty or am I nice? That is teaching such conditional love based on something outside of them when their good enoughness was given to them the day they were born. They are a one in 400 trillion chance of being on this planet. So are you. You are a miracle from God. You are a miracle from heaven. You are a miracle. When you see yourself as that, you'll see your children as that. Not some arbitrary list that they're going to be like at school running up to the locker room to see if they're made the team or not. It's not okay. If your kids are failing out in school and they're not behaving and they're throwing things and they're acting out, they are your paddles to wake you up, to shock you into waking up. Their behavior is always a language to you. It's always a language to us. So don't look at the behavior. Look at what's underneath it. The way to build self-esteem and self-confidence is to affirm the child that nothing outside of them can take away their value or their worthiness. It was given to them the day they were born, just like you. Then you won't get so hyped up about whatever comes home on the report card or what comes home in the purple folder or the green folder or the red folder or the X folder. It's all just data of where we need to grow. So if they're not doing well in reading, that doesn't mean they're failing at life and there's something wrong with them. It just means they need more help in reading. If your child is very disorganized and having a hard time keeping their stuff together and they're all over the map, all that means is they need more help and creating good habits around being organized. If your child's acting out and throwing tantrums and freaking out at the drop of a hat and crying and filled with anxiety, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. That just means they need more strategies. They need more help. They don't know what to do with these big emotions coming in their body. So they're just flipping out. They're looking to see what mom and dad do. Well, they're going to do it. So if they do that, I'm going to do that. And if mom and dad don't have any strategies or strategies that they can pull from, or mom and dad are using yelling and screaming, they're going to use yelling and screaming. Or if mom and dad are numbing out with Facebook, or they're numbing out with alcohol, or they're numbing out with smoking or vaping or whatever they're doing, then kids are like, well, I can't do that. So what else am I supposed to do? So I'm just going to act this out. And they're your paddles to wake you up. I had my paddles experience with Lily. She was shocking me into waking up, and pain is our greatest portal to growth. We will not grow until we are woken up. I get the emails from you. I know when you are waking up, when you literally wake up and say, enough is enough. I will no longer live at this weight. 
I will no longer live yell at these kids. I will no longer feel like I'm living with my roommate. I will no longer live in a house that's disorganized. Whatever it is, it's all happening for you, not to you. And you will keep doing the same thing different day until it becomes so uncomfortable that you are catapulted and shocked with paddles into changing. And changing is not as scary as it seems. I realized I was so afraid of change and I was so loving my comfort zone and my thermostat set at a certain setting until I realized over time, my comfort zone was not very comfortable at all. It was actually very miserable. And so I had to get out of that comfort zone and step out and feel like a every single day. And I was like, this feels awful and awesome at the same time because I was creating a new identity. I was creating new neural pathways. I was creating such an unfamiliar environment for my children and for me. I was like a fish out of water. I was like Bambi learning to walk. I'm like, this is awful and awesome at the same time because I knew if I just kept going on that same path, I knew that it was going to get easier. You've never been a parent before until you had a child when you became a parent. So all of this is new. It's like writing with your opposite hand, kicking a soccer ball with your opposite leg, learning a new language. It's okay that it's hard, but you can do hard things. And so if you've done that messaging to your children, it's okay to stop that. It's never too late. I get emails after emails asking, is it too late? They're this age. And I'm like, what do you think? Do you think it's ever too late? Because even if they're grown and flown, you could still incorporate these strategies with your spouse, with the relationship with yourself, the relationship with your kids, even if they're adults, with your relationship with your siblings. We don't want to teach conditional love to our children. We don't want them to think a good kid gets a lot of presents and a bad kid gets no presents or very few presents. So then they're waking up on Christmas morning or during Hanukkah and saying, huh, I wonder if this is a lot of presents or a little presents. How does this equate to my value and my worthiness? How does my self-esteem match up to these presents? How does my self-esteem match up to what Santa thinks about me? Because then it makes it all external and they don't get that internal voice getting strong. Their external voice gets super strong. So then they grow up and they're like, well, let me look external. Let me look to my kids. Let me look to my spouse. Let me look to my job. Let me look to my house. Let me look to my bank account to see if I'm worthy in our value. When none of that matters, then none of that matters. Because we just know that's just life. Because children have no sense of self-concept. They have no sense of self-esteem. They have no sense of self-worthiness. They have no sense of confidence. So they look to us first to absorb, how good am I? How bad am I? Am I okay? Am I normal? Am I seen? Am I valuable? Am I worthy? They're always looking external and that's normal because they're absorbing from us what they need to absorb from us when they need to absorb it. That's why I always use the apple and the tree analogy. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Don't worry about the apple. Just focus on the tree to make sure that it's filled with all the things that you want them to absorb from you. They are like paper towels. They will absorb from you what they need to absorb from you when they need to absorb it from you. And when they're acting out and when they have bad habits and when they do all the things, all it is is a mirror for us to teach us where we need to grow. Not from a place of beating ourselves up and I'm not good enough, but from a place of empowerment because they 
are completely neutral. Their behavior is neutral. What we make that mean about us is where we get into trouble. When we know that we have the exact child we're supposed to have or children that we're supposed to have and our souls were connected in a place way beyond us, that we have the exact child that we're supposed to have, then life gets a lot easier because you're not trying to change and cajole. You just look at your child as not someone you're going against, but someone you're going to learn from. Conversely, when you know that your child has the exact parent they were meant to have, then you can let go of being good enough because you already know that this is the sovereign spirit. This is the soul handpicked from God, from the universe, from the stork, whatever you believe, chosen to live with you. They did not come from you. They came through you. They were chosen for you. You were chosen for them. So when you know that that love is perfect, then you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Then you can show up as a B minus mom, a B minus dad, and not so put so much pressure on yourself to get it right. Because when you know that there is no good and there is no bad, there just is, everything's neutral, then you can run into the as is. You can accept all of it as happening for you and not to you. As is, as is. I say that 150 times a day, and now it's my new neural pathway. I made my brain more neuroplastic. Neuroplastic just means more malleable. The neuroplasticity of a child is like Play-Doh. It's very malleable. It's very easy to maneuver. It's very easy to lay down the wiring, the hard wiring, the software. All of that is very easy for a child because they don't know any different. So if they're yelled at and screamed at, that's all they know. If they're not, then that's all they know. So you get to write down all that hardwiring now. You get to create all of it. Even if it wasn't given to you, you get to give it to them. And in that process, you get to heal your old wounds in current time separate from your child because your child is just a GPS of teaching you where you need to grow from a place of empowerment so that the child can see you as separate from them, as a W-H-O-L-E person separate from them, and then they can see themselves as W-H-O-L-E. Even with their flaws, even with their imperfections, even with their bad choices, it doesn't take away from their value and their worthiness. So they grow up as a W-H-O-L-E person, not looking external. And when they look external, they just know that's just one piece of data, but it never, ever defines them. Even if they make bad choices, it doesn't take away from their worthy and their valueness and their love cup and their self-esteem and their confidence and their worthiness is overflowing. And from that overflow, they can give that to other people. But we have to have that overflow first. So when we come from love and abundance and confidence and high self-esteem and keeping promise to ourselves, then we can live in that abundance and give that gift to them. Not as a gift we put underneath the tree, but a gift that they absorb from us. Every single stinking honking day. So use your kids as a GPS of how to live your best life so then we can give that gift to them and not in a from a from Santa or from the elf or for the mensch on the bench, but given from our heart to their heart. And then the holidays aren't so crazy busy. The holidays are awesome. The holidays are easy. The holidays are exactly what we think they are. 
not what society and conditioning and the ads and social media and the commercials tell us that it needs to be. It doesn't need to be crazy busy. There is no such thing as crazy busy until we have the thought that the holidays are crazy busy. Our thoughts control our feelings, which control our actions, which control our results. And our kids absorb all of our T-line. And when they absorb our T-line, we want to make sure that the way that we're showing up is a way that we want them to absorb from us, not from society, not from conditioning, and ask them to question all of it. We don't want them to think our word is gospel. We want them to think that whatever they say to themselves, they need to think about their thinking and not believe everything they think, just like we do, and not believe everything that mom and dad tell them, not believe everything that we think, because they are not our puppets. They are not our robots. They are a separate W-H-O-E person, separate from us, that did not come from us. They came through us, and they are a soul having a human experience, like Gabby Bernstein says, just like we are a soul having a human experience. And so what can we learn from them? How is this happening for them, not to them, How can we be the calm in their storm? How can we teach them emotional literacy? How can we teach them about emotional regulation? How can we teach them all emotions are normal? And how can we teach them healthy ways to manage their emotions? Because emotions are not going anywhere. Emotions aren't going anywhere. The way we handle them is the only thing that we can control based on the T-line, how we're thinking about them. So get away from the naughty and nice. Get away from the externals of the sports and the clarinet, and the flute, and the drum set, and the sports, and the behavior, and the manners. None of that determines their worthiness and their value. Just like nothing you do determines your worthiness and your value. You are way bigger than your job. You are way bigger than what your spouse thinks or doesn't think about you. You are way bigger than what your parents thought about you. You are way bigger than what your children think about you. None of that has anything to do with you. The ego thinks it does, and the ego is scared of being good enough. But when you know that you're a one in 400 trillion chance of being on this planet and you're a child of God, child of the stork, child from the universe, whatever you believe, and you're a miracle, you will only see your children and spouses that, and you will see them as souls, almost floating around in your life as angels in your life every single day. And then you'll see your mail carrier like that. Hey, Amanda, you'll see your neighbors like that. You'll see the people at Walmart. You'll see the people sitting in the stands. You'll see all of them like that. And no one will get under your skin because you know that every person is a soul having a human experience right along with you. So when something comes up for you and it brings something up for you, that is your teacher. That is your classroom. We can't sign up for all of this and then just complain that we're in these classrooms. We signed up to have these kids. We signed up to marry to the spouse. It's like signing up for a knitting class and then complaining the whole time how hard the knitting is. Of course it's hard. Knitting is hard. I've never knit before. So I'm going to a class and this is hard, but you know what? I can do hard things. So we don't come at our parenting with this martyr energy, victim, poor me. I have the worst child ever. You don't understand. It's this, it's that. None of it. No, get it out of your brain. It's not true. It's all lies based on old programming. And that's why I try to teach parents that you have the exact child you're meant to have and your child has the exact parent they're meant to have. Then you can let go of everything else. And nothing outside determines their value and worthiness because it was given to them when they were born. Just like nothing outside of you can determine your worthy and your valueness. Definitely not Santa. Definitely not the elf. Definitely not the mensch on the bench. Nothing outside of you. You have to see yourself as beyond all of that. Because if all of that goes away, guess what? 
You're still good enough. You're still valued and you're still worthy. It is not your identity. It's not who you are. It's the classroom that you're in. And when you keep hitting your head up against the same wall, you're going to have to keep repeating the class. When the water level gets to a place that's so uncomfortable and you're so uncomfortable, feeling uncomfortable, that's when you're motivated to change. That's when you're propelled in your shock paddles. And I'm trying to prevent you from getting the shock paddles. But I know that your journey is the exact journey you're supposed to have, just like my journey is the exact journey I'm supposed to have. We don't have to fix and cajole and lecture and consequence all of it. We just get to enjoy it and ride the ride and like run a lazy river. What's the lesson, God? How is this happening for me? Say it over and over and over until the new neural pathways are the ski slopes and you just ski down that hill and it's so much easier. And please do not get hit by the chairlift like I did. I love you guys. Have a good week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.